You're listening to Ed Talk with Anuj, a podcast that takes you back to school to understand how far we all have come and the future we're all headed towards. My name is Anuj and this is my attempt to explore the evolution of the Indian education system through the lens of people from various walks of life. Happy listening. Hello and welcome back to Ed Talk with Anuj. With me on this episode today is someone I've had the pleasure of being associated with for the last many years. My introduction happened to happened to him when uh, he was a journalist chasing down some of the most important stories of our times and uh, he's been an award-winning print, television and digital media journalist for the last 30 years. He's worked at leading newspapers, news networks and publications and is now an independent columnist and political commentator. But not just that, he's dabbled in filmmaking and writing to much acclaim. He's the author of Badminton Champion Saina Nehwal's biography and also enjoys writing fiction. His latest accomplishment is being an informal educator to thousands of students. By that I mean he doesn't run a school of his own, but he lends educational services to students from across the country. A responsibility that he has shouldered with utmost dedication especially through the pandemic that we have all gone through. He began a YouTube channel called Study with Sudhir and subsequently an app that focuses on the ICSE and CBSE space for classes 9 to 12. His classes and motivational lectures are a huge hit among students, their parents, teachers and anybody who's even remotely connected with the education space. So it's lovely to have him here. Thank you so much Mr. TS Sudhir for coming on to Ed Talk with Anuj. Really really honored to have you here. Thank you very much Anuj. Uh, a privilege and I must actually go back to the first phone conversation we actually had. I was mm. driving and let me tell you that I was actually near NTR statue in Hyderabad, pretty close okay. to where you live. And uh, I was driving so my wife Uma took the call and uh, right. she said after the call she said wow what a voice this man has so that was the first <laughs> introduction in that sense to anuj gurwara <laughs> thank you so thank i said you. he's a singer obviously he he will have a great voice <laughs> <laughs> thank you no i mean of course your wife uma is is a is one of the country's most respected journalists as well and you know i've 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 been associated with the two of you for a long time yes. and finally i think it's the first time that we're having a formal you know sit down discussion uh, by way of this podcast yes. and um, we've of course connected in the past few months uh, with your you know trust with education and the yeah. fact that my family we run a couple of schools and you know we've had a lot of discussions about that that's right so how is how is uh, how is it going how is the um, uh, you know journey of education coming along right now well uh, these are uh, exciting times exciting not exactly in a very positive sense because there has been a lot of disruption but as journalists hmm. i think we uh, are comfortable in a space in a sphere of disruption yes uh, so it, in that sense there is a lot to talk about there's a lot to report on there are a lot of changes taking place in every sphere mm. of activity human activity mm. more so in the field of education which i think is undergoing a paradigm shift in many senses mm. uh, edtech as now everyone refers to it uh, is being spoken of as one of the fastest growing sectors and when i use the phrase fastest growing i don't mean it only in terms of uh, a business potential but in terms of transformation i think these are exciting times to be in if you are involved with the field of, in the field of education because there will there is a major change happening in the way uh, learning is being imparted learning is being uh, consumed and the whole ecosystem in that sense is grappling with this change teachers students parents school managements just about everyone wow and in a country as diverse as ours the challenges are, um, are 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 quite a lot i mean with people from all kinds of backgrounds cultural you know socio cultural backgrounds hmm. um, and edtech coming across you know spreading across to all of this vast demographic hmm. of aspirations and ambitions and all kinds of um, educational practices hmm. um, how how has your outlook been on this evolving Uh, system right now especially coming out of you know the pandemic i will recall a conversation i'll recount a conversation i had with the chairman of a leading it company who has his base in mumbai chennai and uh, hmm. in the usa uh, we were traveling in vijayawada uh, this was january of 2020 uh, 
and he was telling me about how you know in the next 10 years sudhir learning in schools will essentially be online it won't be the brick and mortar schools students will go to the traditional schools only to learn social communication skills develop their leadership skills for lab experiments stuff like mm. that but most mm. of the teaching will take place online and he's thought that the change will happen over the next 10 years so when the pandemic happened and march 2020 mid march 2020 all schools shut down everything shifted online i told him that you spoke about 10 years here we are in 10 weeks <laughs> we have reached that yeah. stage in 10 weeks so pandemic is in that sense has fast forwarded i mean how many of us used zoom and google meet and microsoft teams before uh, yeah. the covid pandemic but now that's yeah. an integral part of our life schools are conducting entire classroom sessions on any of these platforms so yes. in that sense the whole concept of teaching uh, the old school teachers have struggled with technology in the sense that they are used to speaking to 30 to 40 students in a physical space now they are talking to a camera so it's not very comfortable for someone who has been in the teaching sphere for the last 2 to 3 decades yes. luckily for someone like me who ha- who has spent uh 27 out of those 30 years speaking to a camera in that sense it has not been much of a change for me i am pretty mm. comfortable in talking to a camera in speaking to a camera so that way it's been good but about the broader question yes uh i think this whole covid pandemic has brought about a lot of change uh positive as well as negative um mm. positive in the sense that there are no more geographical boundaries i have students who reach out to me from sikkim meghalaya tripura extreme northeast to lots of students in bengal orissa to madurai kanyakumari and kashmir and dubai and singapore so in that sense we wow. no longer have geographical boundaries i mean you have a doubt technology has enabled them to connect with me through any of the hmm. different platforms that i am on uh, and actually get their doubts resolved or generally have a chit chat that is hmm. what has been the biggest advantage Uh, earlier if we had to kind of engage a, uh, a tuition teacher for your child you would be restricted by that okay the teacher has to be within a geographical radius of about 2 to 5 kilometers because obviously how long how far will you go to uh, drop the child and bring the child back now you connect with just about everyone so that has been one major plus the minus has been the lack of quality internet penetration the lack of quality devices that you have so in that sense you, it has created haves and have nots the mm, students mm. who have a quality laptop a smartphone more than one smartphone are obviously better equipped to handle this change than someone who uh, doesn't have i mean probably there would be families where there would be only one smartphone that smartphone is with the head of the family so if he's going out on work there's no smartphone for the family and yeah. even when there are more than uh, you know there are more children eventually the gender discrimination also uh, comes in the male child gets the phone to listen yes. to his class the uh, yes. daughter doesn't so all those things are things which we need to get into and i have a few thoughts which i would love to share with you on where can we actually go from here to resolve some of these uh, ecosystem Absolutely. dilemmas in that hmm, hmm, hmm. no your your insights into the social equity or lack of at the moment uh, you know when it comes to education is something that i really want to explore because uh, we recently read a report that a large number of population of uh, students in india were barely able to attend any classes any online classes we were just looking at the privileged um, you know demographics in in cities or or, yeah. or better equipped towns and even then even within the cities there were there were large populations that just couldn't access because of you know um, their the reality of their lives and that is something i would definitely like to explore because there are tons of stories that you have in your journey through education but you have always been a storyteller for the last 3 decades you have you know you've been as a journalist and there is so much that you must have experienced um, you know in in that profession as well what is the biggest transformation that you have seen society go through in let's say the last 2 or 3 decades what's been the most significant transformation or evolution that you have witnessed oh um uh, hugely transformed i mean when i got into journalism in 1991 Uh, i mean i was writing freelancing before that uh, during my years in college but formally getting into journalism uh, that was just the time when everything was opening up the gulf war mm. you know the private television channels but i always thought that since i was extremely fond of writing i always thought of myself only as a print journalist in fact the few television classes that we had at 
IIMC where I passed out from Indian Institute of Mass Communication in Delhi. I actually did not take the television classes seriously enough because I thought I will only <laughs> be a print journalist. But within right. two and a half years, I was in NDTV. So in that sense, my print journey was pretty limited in that sense. Right. Television, uh, the whole media landscape has changed in the sense of one, technology. Television, big in, in, in the initial days, we used to operate with those high band, big cameras, uh, you know, there would be someone to just do the sound recording. The cameras were hefty. We had to physically send the tapes by cargo. So what you shot today would be on air only tomorrow evening. So logistical mm, uh, yeah. issues. Now you have a situation that anyone who has a mobile camera can actually own a channel yeah. and get his or her own voice. So in three decades, it's been completely changed. We used to have those big elephants, the OB bands, which had to make their way. So mm. in order to get your story out, it depended not just on you. It depended on your camera person, it depended on your editor, it depended on your OB engineer, it depended on your the OB van driver to be able to connect. I mean, you may have shot a brilliant story, but unless the OB van uh, is up and running, unless the OB van engineer is cooperating with you, your mm. story will not reach Delhi and thereafter for the production team to put it out. I mean, you know the production wow. hassle. So, yeah. you know, you yeah. need you needed an entire team to work with you. Now, you are the team. I mean, a single yeah. man operation can actually get his or her voice out to the world. That's the one Correct. big thing in terms of technology. But I think the bigger change is in terms of how we have changed as a nation. The kind of stories we used to do before. When we got into journalism, we were always told that you are not the story. The subject is a story. You are storytellers. Mm. You need to tell the story. Mm. Two things which have happened in this whole thing of personality development uh, to thanks to the larger than life TV anchors that we have, the journalists have become the story. And I think that's one of the biggest uh, problem areas as far as journalism is concerned, more mm. so in television journalism. Mm. Journalists should never be the story. We are storytellers. We are there to report a story. And I always believe that the best journalism took place between, say, 98 to about 2008 till the entire depression happened, Lehman Brothers. Right. Because once that happened, right. every TV channel tried to prevent itself from bleeding. Yeah. So everyone moved into the studio mode where you got in six people and asked them to perform a circus every night at 9 p.m. Shout at each other, abuse each other, if need be, hit each other because every, yeah. everything yeah. will translate into more eyeballs. That yeah. I think ha let started the degeneration of television journalism and I don't think it has quite recovered from there. Because what mm. we get every night in the name of news is talking heads. Six opinions and most of them, their opinions we know because they are polarized opinions uh, mm. in terms of information and knowledge and wisdom of any kind. If I, I mean, to use a word like wisdom for television would be a bit of an exaggeration, but for the lack of a better word, uh, we don't, the television viewer doesn't gain anything, which is why now you no longer have appointment viewing people do not sit at 9 p.m. and say that Aaj Mirko nine, 9 o'clock news dekhna hai. Nothing mm. of the sort happens. Mm. Appointment viewing these days happens only when election analysis happens or yes. for a cricket match. Nothing else. Yeah. So in that sense, media is going through very difficult times, largely due to its own making and the kind of ownership patterns we have. So that's why I said 1991 to 2021, things have changed a lot. And I do not kind of look at media today as a great place to be in because it's so polarized. You write something, you will get, and you take a position, you will get uh, um, uh, abusive uh, mails, comments yeah. from one side or the other, this side or yeah. that side. And both sides, the so-called liberals are definitely not liberal. Both of them are equally abusive, toxic and negative yeah. who cannot yeah. tolerate another point of view. Yeah, I mean, you ha it's my way or the highway from, from both sides. That's, yeah. we, are, we, are, we are not having nuanced discussions yes. anymore. We're painting yes. people with one single brush. Yeah. And, and yeah, and that, that's so as the machinery of broadcast, as technology has gotten easier to handle, our quality of broadcast has reduced, whereas it should have been the other way around. It, it, it should have, we should have harnessed technology to put out better content. Mm. Just a point here, just a point here, Anucho, in the sense that when this whole thing of social media came, in fact, I was one of the biggest supporters of social media saying that, okay, this is going to allow, because initially in 2004, 2005, we had experimented with that uh, concept called citizen journalism, wherein you allowed mm, people mm. to shoot their own little videos, though smartphones were not big in those days, but yeah. shoot something and send it across, even if it's a photograph, you know, if a photograph yeah. tells a story. 
so social media when it came it allowed and empowered anyone and everyone to actually tell a story you know everyone could be a journalist everyone could be a storyteller unfortunately with that whole social media space being hijacked by mm. vested interests uh, now you have you can't believe anyone who is there on social media because you you need to go to the profile and see the previous history of 10 tweets to see okay this is this person's history which is why he's yeah. speaking like this and that is an unfortunate part uh, social media is no longer a space where any sane person uh, would want to actually exist on that's how bad mm-hmm. it has mm-hmm. become and in our hectic lives uh, the running around that all of us do in in various spheres understanding context is a laborious process yes so it is so easy to just quickly react to something that has happened right now and our thumbs are speaking more for us than than you know um, our brains because yeah. it's it's knee jerk reactions that yes. are happening if i draw a parallel between the broadcast space and education mm. i remember in my days as an rj i always felt that when i switched the mic on and put my voice out to the entire city there are lakhs and lakhs of people who are tuning into my radio show and i had a drive time show it was a there was a peak hour mm. back then i have the power to manipulate someone's thoughts i have the ability to plant a thought in your subconscious yes and i constantly felt that dread that if i am not able to treat this responsibly the power that has been given to me yes then i have the ability to corrupt someone's mind tomorrow with just my opinion and my perspective yes so it took a lot of work to just be cognizant of that fact hmm. now if i draw a parallel between the broadcast medium and education hmm. and educators uh, being able to while they are molding young and impressionable minds these are not adult minds you have the power to plant a thought to plant an opinion to plant a prejudice is that is that a fair parallel to make i mean i'm just thinking aloud with you no uh, you use the word responsibility very important yeah. in fact uh, three words that are like the cornerstones of my journey in education now are hmm. truth trust responsibility these three hmm. are the most important words as far as i am concerned mm. when i am dealing with 14 to 18 year olds and of course with their parents but mainly with this uh, people mm. of course i am still i mean i am i'm a person who is keeping my feet in different boards i dabble in journalism i do my bit of television largely into education space write fiction different things but mm. uh, these three words are very important to me very uh, it's very important for an educator to be aware of his or her responsibility vis-a-vis these impressionable minds because it's hmm. very easy to corrupt them as you said if one is not res- responsible enough if one is not aware uh, of one's responsibility because i do a lot of uh, for want of a better word agni aunt kind of uh, counseling also for many of these 14 to 18 year olds because right. so most often they don't know who to actually turn to for help for advice hmm. for mentoring i take the word mentoring uh, very seriously in order to tell them that it's okay to fail once in a while all of us fail mm. in life all of us will actually fumble and it's actually important to fall down because there is a learning in that you actually learn much more from falling than just running and coming first all the time so while yeah. you need to peak at the right time in terms of academic success because like it or not that's important in today's uh, scenario in the country def- in india definitely but it's important to look at the larger picture in terms of what is my larger goal is it only the syllabus the five pages of this particular chapter that i need to know or is there something more of a learning so when it comes to say subjects like civics and political science because of my natural awareness of how a government functions having covered governments and governance for the last 30 years there there is an uh, a natural tendency for me to actually give them more than what just the chapter or the right. textbook gives you know to give them right. put, to put it in perspective to give the context so that the context. understanding is better because yeah. i do believe that for say 16 year olds to in two years they are going to be voting in an election they are going to have a role in electing the local mp the mla the corporator you do not want this generation also to kind just look at the whatsapp forwards and make up their mind you want mm. them to be more aware and that's what that's where i 
take that part of my responsibility very seriously that you tell them that you know these are the parameters on which you should judge a particular candidate what is your responsibility as a voter as a citizen your duties mm. and responsibilities and rights and you need to exercise them in a responsible manner so it's not just the curriculum and the syllabus that i look at but the overall mentoring as young citizens as i call them that that is something which is very important it's the right to vote is not just you know having fun on a holiday but yeah. it's something where you are in your own very little way contributing to say that okay this guy is my mla i can ask him questions and what questions should i ask right now you know i i i constantly i'm amused by this thought uh, that which i unfortunately learned as an adult i didn't learn it as a child that if i had studied civics for to understand my civic responsibility more than just the 20 marks it gave me in social studies i think we would have been in a better state as a country today you know as a, as a social fabric what brought you to education from uh, years of journalism uh, what what made the transition two things see in um, 2019 something very unfortunate happened uh, here in telangana where there was some uh, discrepancy in the way the marking was done for the intermediate students that is the class 12 students of telangana right. state board and 27 students killed themselves that kind of shook me i was reporting on that so in that sense one was right. privy to a lot of uh, personal stories including mm. one in my neighborhood out here where this girl had failed in one of the subjects and uh, she was pretty shaken by it and the parents were trying to counsel her but they just stepped out for a while and in those 15 odd minutes she hanged herself in her in her room in a study room lots of such stories 27 students and then i um, contacted the uh, intermediate board of education and asked where were the failures happening they happened in three subjects english economics and maths maths b paper uh, right. that particular year so and i i spoke to a lot of um, educators at that time and uh, they told me that uh, the problem in rural areas especially is in understanding concepts because in many places they don't even they have probably have one teacher looking after many subjects in this mm. at the school level in mm. telangana uh, where unfortunately education hasn't been given the kind of importance it deserves yeah. to be at the state board level in rural yeah. and semi rural areas you have a vidya volunteer and we have done lots of stories uh, i mean journalistic stories one vidya volunteer who would be taking classes 1 to 5 if you go to any mm. of the districts uh, uh, 100 kilometers from hyderabad so uh, i felt that there was a need so what we did was we created a module and we recorded every chapter since we could do english and not economics or maths so all the english uh, chapters and grammar were done in a combination both uma and i together english and simple telugu so that right. even if there is a student from mulugu in um, um, northern part of telangana or adilabad would be mm. able to understand mm. the chapter in simple telugu along with giving the meanings of every english word and here i took because the uh, syllabus for the intermediate is pretty good in fact some of the poems are little complicated mm. i had to reach out to my professors in delhi university to understand some of the meanings so i also wow. feel that the syllabus you know they don't look at ki whether a student living in back of beyond in telangana would be able to understand this kind of a complicated uh, robert frost or sarojini naidu kind of poem and whether mm. the faculty in different colleges are qualified enough to explain some of those nuances correct so we recorded that we gave it to the board and that's where i started because the feedback was very positive because people liked it okay there was there is being explanation being given in simple telugu and english and we can get you know ben- benefit as a result of that hmm. that hmm. started it then of course i was also teaching my daughter who was in class 10 icsc so i was quite fascinated and it was i would give credit to my daughter she was the one who kind of nudged and uh, pushed me say that do this it will uh, work well so that's how it, the whole thing started so these two Amazing. kind of instances i mean with with so many stories that you have come across and you know it's it's often hard for a journalist to get involved in uh, in in the situation that you are reporting because out there you are you're really you know you're transmitting what is happening to to the rest of the world but 
for it to spark off a thought and then the the you know the whole intention and the movement that you have created and then study with sudhir came along the entire youtube channel and students started uh, flocking to you what is this pressure now that students are going through if you could describe it from your perspective because how much what does it take or how much pressure does it take to push the student off that edge take that unfortunate drastic step what are the factors that go into creating that pressure i would actually recount a particular instance which uh, happened very recently uh, the neat topper of this year happens mm. to be the school classmate of my daughter gitanjali mm. devshala mrinal kuteri uh, always a topper uh, in that school he was a head boy of the school brilliant boy he was a neat topper 720 on 720 mm. when uma had gone to interview him at his house so there was this one gentleman uh, from akash where mrinal hmm. had studied he was sitting there and uh, he's that's a coaching academy the, the coaching academy the akash right. coaching academy so he was an alumnus of iit guwahati okay and he recognized the camera person and he said you ndtv had come i was in khammam he was in khammam hmm. district he had got a seat in iit guwahati he didn't have the funds he comes from hmm. a family of uh, people who break stones break mm-hmm. rocks kind of thing mm-hmm. so not a well to do family pretty impoverished in that sense after the story came on broadcast on ndtv he got funds from viewers and he was able to uh, get funds for his education so in that sense there was uh, a sense of you know gratitude thankfulness right. and he was feeling obviously very happy that you know something good had happened to him because of because one tv station reported on his plight i think students now are also they get disillusioned very fast also because there's a lot of pressure all the time there is right. that pressure there's always that we say you know that there's that constant competition with the sharma ji ka beta whether the yes. sharma ji ka beta yeah. is better than you so yeah. there is always that pressure plus you have that thing that you know you need to study only this much to get the marks the marks are seen as the only thing that you need to bother about both by students and their parents because the marks are seen as a way to get if a job uh, a degree and that's mm. all it matters it doesn't matter as to what you have learned in the process like one of the mm. things that i used to keep telling my daughter and i think she would get irritated over a period of time that it's the journey that's more important forget the destination destination yeah. you will reach but the yeah. journey the sights and sounds of the journey are much more important so enjoy the yeah. drive it doesn't matter you know whether there are speed breakers on the way i think students uh, need to kind of be told that the social media space the instagram the facebook the mm, snapchat mm, all that mm. is not the real thing the real thing is in real relationships in being yep. able to grapple with real issues in that sense you know right. it, all the all of this may sound very old fashioned but at the end of the day it, it's a very fake world that students yes. today's generation ends up living in uh which is not the way uh, it's meant to be and that's when it leads to disillusionment oh you didn't get x number of likes the other person and people looking at you know how many likes the other person has got on his or her yeah. photograph why has yeah. my photograph not got oh you liked it and you unliked it immediately you know yeah. because i i am told that's all supposed to convey something so yeah. i think we are all living in a very fake world and i think it's time to get some realism into our life and once that's done the reality check comes in students this generation will also be fine to be able to deal with their issues otherwise the same people when they get into the job space into an office space where things will be much more real because you have come from a very virtual space you will not be able to handle the real life office politics the dirty politics etc that's where hmm. i think the problem areas will come but this is not an overnight solution i mean it's not like we can sit down and have a chat with the, these young minds and tell them that hey it is the journey it is not the destination you need to focus on the process and not just the marks that you're going to get at the end of it this is a behavioral conditioning that is is happening and the fact that marks the concept of marks is associated with pride or shame or the concept of marks or high or low marks is associated with your sense of self hmm. that is a conditioning that needs to start happening from a younger age yes um that perspective needs to be broadened yeah, absolutely 
how do we do that because like i said you can't just sit down with a student and say okay it's not going to be about the marks and the next morning the students going to wake up and be okay fine it's not about the marks how do we get that conditioning in i think a lot of change has to happen of course at home but more importantly at the school level hmm. schools have this thing of you know this dreaded four letter word called test that hmm. you are tested every time and how do you test whether you get 9 out of 10 marks or 4 out of 10 marks so a 9 hmm. out of 10 mark person is better than someone who gets 4 out of 10 marks so this whole four letter word called test i think needs to be watered down as a bit we need to change hmm. this whole concept of test itself what are you testing person on are you testing a person whether he has been able to rote learn something well or hmm. someone who has been able to understand it but perhaps lacks the communication skills to be able to articulate it better hmm. so different hmm. students will be diff- i mean uh, will be able will be at different levels this year for instance uh, we are having an mcq based examination and i was looking right. at mcq based test papers from all over the country there was this one particular history paper from a school in haryana where the hmm. teacher had given some 25 questions just on dates when was subhash chandra bose born when did he escape from india when did bhagat singh uh, when was he hanged when was general dyer killed you know different things yeah if yeah. this is what you're reducing history to sorry yeah. that's not what history is meant to be history is so that you are aware of what happened in the whole uh, freedom struggle who contributed what what did they do why were they motivated to do something why was dandi march the salt tax important those kind of factors you know and related to the india of today if you're mm. just going to reduce it to making students rote learn specific years and too many of them hmm. you are just killing that student's interest in history forever that student will hate history True. for the rest True. of his life so True. i think there is a there needs to be a change in the way the problem with teachers teaching community is also you get a ba degree you are there Hmm. as our one of my friends was doing her ba degree and she said things have not changed at all from the many years it's the same kind of a mindset so is a ba degree good enough for someone to have the right aptitude to be a teacher and whether yeah. they are doing the right thing inside and outside the classroom and i think those kind of things need to change in the way we approach the whole school system the so called hmm. test system yeah this whole context about history uh, and and you know the way it is taught i had a wonderful conversation with deepthi sasidharan a few episodes ago it remains one of the most popular episodes on the podcast uh, right now and she's a museologist and a history professional mm-hmm. and uh, we spoke about you know this whole context setting rather than just dates mm-hmm. and memorizing history yeah. uh, as opposed to understanding the cultural implications of what our journey has been mm-hmm. as a society mm-hmm. but now to be able to prepare students for the future if our education system a is rooted in the past if our educators are not able to upgrade or upskill if our parents still have unreasonable expectations from children based on their past how will we prepare students for the future yeah I think that's where I think the covid pandemic has a positive because now what you are going to get exposed to is a world outside your school ecosystem where mm. you are restricted to listening to say a dozen teachers who teach you different subjects or uh, the people in your neighborhood now you are going to get exposed to people from different parts of india and the world and i think that's going to be a positive and i think there's a need to encourage different kinds of thought uh, leaders who are going to kind of plant different ideas in the minds of these teenagers that okay this is another way of looking at the same issue uh, this is a different point of view and i mm. think over a period of time this obviously things will not change overnight and this applies both to students as well as their parents more importantly for their parents because the parents have gone through a certain process so they obviously yeah. expect this their child also to go through the same uh, process uh so for instance my daughter who has joined her btech uh, degree program and uh, right from the beginning it was like how much cgpa you need to get at the end of four years hmm. so hmm. how how do you get the cgpa by ensuring that right from the first year first semester onwards you're good enough in different tests hmm. so hmm. luckily she has faculty which kind of focuses on 
you know, whatever I'm teaching you may not even come in the examination. So what comes in the examination has to be your own original thought. So in that right. sense, there is a sense of challenge. It's a right. sense of challenge instead of saying that, okay, I have taught you this chapter. From this chapter, these eight questions are important. So prepare these eight questions. You will be good enough to do that. If we are going to get restricted to that kind of a very yeah. syllabus oriented and this is what you need to know and that's good enough, then I think we'll just be doing the same uh, thing all over again. Because in many of these futuristic colleges, uh, universities, they're changing it. And I think that changes yes. for the better. So if that change can be introduced at the class 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 level, they'll mm. be better prepared when they go to a college university like that. When we are uh, intending to prepare students for this, shouldn't the change begin at a policy level? Yes. What are your thoughts on that with, of course, the new education policy that's yeah. coming down and how it is being implemented or intend to be implemented uh, in the future? Well, uh, from what I've read of the NEP, I think it's a step in the right direction because it gives you options. It kind of frees you up from the typical way of teaching with less emphasis on rote learning. And I think that's very important. Uh, understanding of concepts being... Uh, because if you look at an ICSE student... Half the life of a class 9 to 12 student will be spent in abusing William Shakespeare. Ki Shakespeare yep. hai pe? You know, yep. why do we learn Shakespeare? Why is it important? Well, uh, for whatever reason, he's there. So uh, how relevant are the subjects and the chapters and the material that they are taught is to the student of today's India? Or should hmm. we teach the student more of um, Sudha Murthy's uh, novels, you know, which are probably hmm. more relevant than William Shakespeare, yep. you know, uh, yep. prepare them better, make them understand, make them read Jawaharlal Nehru, make them read uh, B.R. Ambedkar, you know, so that they are more aware of what of the India and the world of today, more modern India instead of a William Shakespeare. I completely get that point. Hmm. So there has to be some kind of a relook at many of that. The problem with many of our boards is CBSE definitely a little more evolved and dynamic compared to the ICSE. But I think there is a need to be much more dynamic with how your syllabus is, what you are teaching to the students, even in terms of mathematics, you know, is it only theoretical maths that we focus on or what mathematicians call more of artistic mathematics, which is much more dynamic and much more in sync with the needs of today. For instance, if someone is looking to do uh, mathematical research, uh, mm. instead of, you know, that student starting from almost zero when he gets into uh, an institute of that kind, preparing mm. that student from a more young age, from the class 10, 11, 12 age, so that he or she is better equipped. So I think the NEP, if it does make those kind of dynamic changes, make them more in sync and make it more fluid, you know, like it's the way in American universities, where you can do different things, a concept of electives. If you are not very good in mathematics, you can probably... Um, uh, look at a lesser intense, yep. uh, less intense mathematics. And probably if your interest is in sociology or psychology, major in that. So I think those kind of, uh, that kind of a dynamic situation has to be here. Uh, and I think if the NEP does that, well and good, I think that will be a step in the right direction. But then, I mean, for, for discussion's sake, with the kind of um, socio-political atmosphere that we're, we're in today, Policies tend to be influenced. Yes. Policies tend to be uh, to to lean in particular directions, yeah. and that's where again the word responsibility comes in. Because again, now when you set a policy in place, it has to be universal in nature and uh, non-biased. Hmm. So, what 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 are your thoughts on that? Well, yes, I I mean I completely agree because of the kind of political polarization that we have. There will always be. I mean. The country was influenced by more left-leaning historians for the first 60-70 years since independence. Mm. Now mm. the right-wing-leaning historians are trying to say that, okay, why uh, we need to, uh, you know, we need to have different kinds of uh, uh, leaders who need to be taught. I mean, why is mm. there an emphasis more on the Mughal history? Why not on Chola and Kakatiyas? Mm. You know, mm. why aren't mm. we taught? Mm. And I think there is a fair point there as well. Sure. I think we do know more about... Uh, uh, Alauddin Khilji and uh, Mohammed bin Tughlaq and Akbar and Aurangzeb than about the Chola kings and the Kakatiya kings. There is a fair point there. Uh, the other big uh, problem when you talk about different kind of influences is also in terms of 
the CBSE and the ICSE, the national boards and the state boards. And I think the problem mm. is more with the state boards, the level of the state boards on what kind of dynamism they show. Because mm. there is a major shift. You know, the moment you hear, oh, he's from a state board school, we psychologically, we are programmed, wired yep. to look at a state board student differently from a CBSE oblique ICSE yes. school student. Yes. Why is that yes. so? Because a state board is equated na- immediately with someone of a lesser standard. Why is that so? That should not be the case. I mean, why is it that state governments are not able to kind of focus on education? And I think that's one sector where Andhra Pradesh is fortunately doing something good uh, Hmm. in terms of improving the infrastructure, making the schools a better place to go to, more colorful, better desks, better um, 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 lavatories, everything, playgrounds, everything. So that is something which is happening for the good. There's another important change which is happening in Andhra Pradesh because what Jagan Mohan Reddy is doing is saying that the state boards are not good enough. So he is doing converting all state board schools over the next five years into CBSE schools. They're going to be affiliated right. to CBSE. Now that's right. a major shift. Now what does this mean? That he's acknowledging that state board is not good enough and it mm. cannot improve its act. So let's move to CBSE. Now, mm. It's a treatment that he has come up with. But why can't state boards be good enough? Why is it that, you know, when you look at a Gujarat or a Telangana or uh, Kerala, definitely state boards are very good. But in many states, the state boards are simply not able to get their act together. I think education along with health need to be priority areas. The problem is that education is not a vote catching kind of a ministry. So it's never given the kind of importance it deserves. Um, and I think these two sectors, I always believe, have to be the top priority areas for any government in any state in the country. So coming back to the students who study with Sudhir, uh, how have you noticed the transition, the, the progress that that uh, has happened with their education? And most, most uh, specifically, have there been more academically strong children who outpaced what was being taught in school? Or were there more academically weak students who needed more than what their school was offering? Uh, What kind of mix did you experience? Both kinds. I mean, actually, there are students who are like, you know, who would be that 95% level who would want to get a 99%. You know, so to get that 4% extra, they would think that, okay, if Sadiq Sudhir can help them do that, fine. Uh, There are students who are at that 50 to 60% level who want to come. I focus more on the second category because I believe there is more potential to do better there. So mm-hmm. I look mm-hmm. at it as a process and I keep telling them right on day one, don't expect to move from a 50 to 90. You know, you don't move from first gear to fourth gear immediately. You go from first to second to third to fourth gear when you're driving. So mm-hmm. you need to kind of uh, set milestones that, okay, from a 50, I will go to a 58. Next exam, my target will be a 66. Then you move to a 75. So make it gradual so that you peak at the right time. That's what what is more important. Mm. And you need to celebrate each and every milestone that you actually manage to uh, cover. So uh, there are both these kinds. But more than just teaching them, as I said, I spend a lot of time in mentoring. I I know a lot of their backstories, where they come from, Mm. their families. Mm. Uh, This year, we handed over a whole lot of scholarships to students who, Mm. you know, who said, And I don't go into things like, you know, proof law and all that kind of thing. If someone says that, you know, my father lost his job, he doesn't have a job because of the thing, I just give the uh, scholarship straight away. uh, Because I do believe that if someone has to say that, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I don't have the money or my parents don't have the wherewithal to pay your fees. I Mm. think uh, it would take a lot for a student or anyone to say that. So I don't kind of look into, you know, it doesn't, all these things don't matter. So different kinds of stories. So you know a lot about that particular person. So my whole mission is that if I can influence that 15 year old's mind at this stage and teach him or her that, you know, it's important to be i mean it, i mean it, not to sound like a very um, uh, a, a sunday preaching at a church but to generally mm-hmm. say that you know it's more important to be positive in life you know you help someone karma is such that it will come back to you at some stage yeah. or the other you know so yeah. uh, it's okay to kind of reach out to a friend who is in distress 
who needs help one day before the examination you can teach the student it will help you revise your own syllabus in that sense instead of mm. feeling selfish ki maine isko bata diya to iske marks mere se zyada aa jayenge you know you mm. don't have to mm. feel that mm. insecurity so lot of you know chats a lot of conversations i have with a whole lot of these students uh, especially those who are on the app because youtube unfortunately is a bit like twitter there's a lot yeah, of toxic yeah. crowd out there lot of, so the app crowd uh, limited but more focused during this whole thing of you know when the case was being in the, fought in the supreme court whether exams will be held or whether they'll be postponed online offline yeah, this yeah. entire bunch of students that i have on the app they were continuing to kind of focus on their lessons and my notes and their videos and everything a very committed mm. bunch so if you can kind of keep that fire in them that okay uh, there is that curiosity they, there is a desire to excel even mm. if it is in terms of marks but there, there is a desire to excel and once you do well at a young age it gives them the self confidence like i know my uh, my daughter's good performance in class 10 gave her a huge lot of confidence and momentum through class 11 and 12 you know mm. it helps mm. it, it tells you that i can do well i can i'm capable of this that this is my ability you know why should i not uh, realize this in class 11 12 and later in life so i try to tap into that uh, desire to excel how many how many students uh, do you have at the moment see uh, there are over 23000 downloads on the app but in terms yeah. of there are about a dozen different courses so you have yeah yeah there are people ranging from 600 in one course to 300 in another course right. you know right. different things but the good thing is that there will be people and i always tell parents who kind of enroll i i don't i tell them don't enroll into all the courses at the same time yeah. enroll in one use yeah. it for a week yeah. and the good thing is that people i've seen that as a pattern uh, 8 out of 10 people will start with one course on monday they will mm. enroll into the second course by wednesday or thursday the third course by sunday so mm. that means that okay there is a sense of satisfaction and you know otherwise people don't go to the same shop unless you are happy with the first purchase right so right. that according to me is a huge certificate that okay you are providing quality and now i have other faculties teachers who are teaching physics chemistry and right. biology this right. year right. again from right. different parts of the country there is a teacher from haryana one teacher from chennai another from hyderabad we are going to get another one from jamshedpur so you have from different parts of the country and again technology enables you to do that mm, now so it doesn't mm, have to be geographically limited to a particular place so the reason i asked about uh, the numbers uh, i mean not specifically with relation to the numbers but the fact that you are invested in the stories of these students yes you're invested in in where they come from and how they progress and improve oh, yes. rather than just hey i've created a course please buy it please learn it and then we're done yeah how are you able to give that attention again schools are uh, you know needed for for that one on one attention that personalized individual attention yeah. how are you how are you able to how are you able to manage that one term which i don't i mean of course the app uses that particular term of you know you purchasing a course somehow i don't like that whole uh, uh, financial thing so i always use yeah. the word enroll that you enroll. enroll into a course it's a 24 by 7 job i am on the app 24 by 7 i'm online mm. all the time every 10 mm. to 15 minutes i'm generally looking at it probably this is the longest kind of time when i'm not sure. looked at the phone so sure. uh, because when someone raises an issue it could be a doubt in a particular subject in a particular chapter about a particular concept or about an issue in general right so uh, if you are able to resolve it if you are able to kind of uh, tell them that you know you could try this out there is that sense of comfort that okay if you reach out and i kind of always look at it like this 10 years from now each one of the students will be working somewhere and reasonably hmm. settled somewhere yes and i actually daydream about 2030 or 2035 you know that hmm. okay i will probably meet some of these students when they will be working in some you know i'll probably bump into somebody at an airport or um, in uh, some other city so yeah i kind of you know for me it's like i'm creating a generation of students from different parts of the world who are all part of study with sudhir that's a commonality but they would have interacted with me at some point or time or other and at that i think if i'm able to influence them uh, in a positive way and i think i would have done my job and as i said i know a lot of their back stories where they mm. come from and mm. stuff like that and that uh, the fact that they kind of uh, tell you these stories 
means mm. again the 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 three words that i said that they trust you, you know there, there is an element of trust that okay we can trust this person with telling about ourselves you know so that mm. i according to me is a huge responsibility which mm. i'm very conscious of wonderful there is this constant tug of war that students are caught in uh with syllabus taught in schools the school teaching traditional teaching that happens versus external teaching mechanisms which is tutorials and coaching centers and tuitions and um i don't believe you fall into any of this i mean you're not a tuition center you're yeah. not a coaching center where where do you bracket yourself because you're not running a school and yeah. this is not a certification that you're giving out that hey you are class 10 yeah. pass so where do you fall in fact one of the first thing that i say is that you know i'm not a private tuition teacher you no know? so yeah. Yeah. Uh, i try to tell them you know don't expect me to solve every problem of yours because i'm not a private tuition center yeah. because there'll be so many students who will be asking for my attention and i may not be able to answer 10 out of 10 questions i may be able to do 7 sometimes 8 out of 10 uh there will be always one or two people whose problems i may not be able to solve another rule that i have is that at my on my app never speak ill of your teacher at school never abuse mm. your school teacher he or mm. she is doing well if he if there is a difference between what he or she is teaching and what i am telling you about say a particular grammar rule or a particular approach to a particular concept there may be a difference of opinion but mm. if it comes to you know because finally we come down to marks and if the school teacher is going to mark you i'll say please go with what your school teacher is saying even if i mm. know that it's not correct but at mm. least for your marks do that because i don't want to be blamed ki tumne ye padhaya aur ye galat ho gaya mere teacher ne mere ko marks nahi diya mm. because it happens i don't uh, I, i that's why I, for me the word mentor is very important that i am mm. actually some kind of a guide some kind of a father figure some kind of a mentor to many of these young minds and brains young citizens as i call them um i i don't call myself i'm not a trained teacher teacher in that sense right. i don't teach at a school um, right. i don't have a b ed degree in that sense you know if mm. that is what is the official certification but i do believe that uh, i have been able to make a difference uh, to the way they l- uh, learn and I, here i think mostly it's because of my own ability to bring my ability to communicate communicate effectively right. that if you're able to kind of right. reach out to a person speak to him or her in a language that they can understand simplify hmm. concepts because that's precisely what we do in television uh, that you simplify something and tell the viewer so hmm. it's the same kind of uh, funda that i employ even when it comes to teach you know being from a journalistic background uh, and of course continuing to be a journalist you have constantly been updated you've updated yourself and everybody else about developments in the world of education so that i think has constantly helped uh, the way you have also molded your courses and the support system that you offer to students um, because i remember through the pandemic we were constantly in touch you know with information coming out about boards and tests and changes in syllabus yeah. reduction in syllabus so much so h- how do you um, how do you keep track of all of this how you on point and then how does that influence uh, your teaching or your guidance that you um you know carry forward how do you customize that um again the training as a journalist comes in the experience as a journalist for instance now the supreme court case all you need to do uh, is to kind of reach out to the people because hmm. there is a tendency among people you know thoda twitter dekh lo thoda idhar udhar se sun lo you put it out i never do that so you hmm. because we are trained to speak to primary sources and hmm. get the information from the stakeholders so in this Very. case if if it was a case being fought in the supreme court I spoke to the CBSC lawyer I spoke to the lawyer for the petitioners got the petition copy from him again look at the documentary evidence the actual document what is being written in the document the petition and quote from that so in that sense what you are presenting is authentic information and give only facts don't give your own gyan and opinion and pravachan because that's not what is going to help give what yeah. these are the facts of this side these are the facts of this side let the student or the parent or the teachers they decide for themselves okay this side's case seems stronger than this side whatever be the case hmm. and that's what i really rely on and uh, the whole idea is to ensure that the truth goes out that's again very important because on youtube in particular there's too much of uh, uh, you know gossip masquerading as it's too uh, much facts. noise too much chatter, yeah there's yeah, too much of yeah. noise so you focus on the facts and that i think uh, becomes very important because at the end of the day if you if people don't trust you then what are you here in the you know in the entire yeah, field yeah, for if that yeah, is not yeah, there yeah. if you are seen as a fakeu what's the whole point correct, correct truth trust and responsibility as you said 
I'd like to go back to our initial conversation about social equity. I told you I'd bring it up. So when you say that, you know, you have also, of course, experienced so many students, especially through the pandemic, who come from various difficulties and challenges. What are the steps that we can take on a community basis to bring more social equity into our learning uh, ecosystem, into our education ecosystem? Because we're still struggling with getting everybody on, you know, an equivalent platform. How do we tackle this? That's something which I'm very fascinated by about what can be done. I mean, I spoke about the Andhra Pradesh government and the inability or the lack of interest of other state governments in focusing on education. But even in Andhra Pradesh, it's only the government and which is looking at the physical infrastructure. Mm. I don't know how much of a difference. And I know it for a fact that not much has been done in terms of you know improving the quality of teaching infrastructure at this place. The physical mm. infrastructure has improved. The teaching infrastructure, unfortunately, not so much. Now added to this is the technological disability, especially if there is some, if there are students, if there are children living in some hilly area where there is mm. lack of internet bandwidth and stuff like that, access to smartphones or laptops is not there. Where do we go? Yeah. I think that's where the corporates needs to need to come in. Corporates cannot look at education as something which is not an area which will give them the kind of you know eyeballs or you know they don't make a sexy news story. Yeah, that thing has to that approach has to change, and you have yeah. the big guys who need to come in and say that okay, we we are aware that there is this social inequality in terms of there are haves and have-nots. We can't have only the students from the Delhi's and the Mumbai's and the Bangalore's racing ahead, while the students from the back of beyond are not even able to get access mm. to basic needs, basic education needs. I think that's where they need to come in in a big way. You know, mm. go big with. Providing, I mean, it doesn't need to be state governments with the photographs of their leaders on the laptops to yeah. be given as freebies and doles to the students and behave yeah. like, you know, I'm doing a big favor. Let the Infosys and the Anand Mahindras and the Reliance of this world come in and say that, okay, we will do that. Unfortunately, when they talk of education, they'll think in only in terms of engineering colleges, which will charge yeah. huge capitation fees. Yeah. So it becomes like a mafia of sorts. I am mm. talking about at the primary level, the mm. class 1 to 10, essentially, where you need to focus on to ensure that they have access to all these technological aids so that they right. are connected everywhere. So that it's easy for anyone, for for a student living in, in the mountain areas of North Kerala or around mm. Palakkad, Malapuram, to be able to connect with a quality teacher uh, living residing in Kolkata. You know, if there's a fantastic teacher in Kolkata, I should be able to connect with him or her, even if I'm in the back of beyond, you know, and I should be able wow. to do a one hour class with him or yeah. her. Yeah. That, I, that I think is a huge opportunity for many of these corporates. They can either do it as part of their CSR activity or they could actually invest in it. I can tell you the instance of one private sector bank, one of the biggest private sector banks in India trying to mm. get into the field of education. They had mm. a con call with me um, three weeks ago. But while, while I was initially interested in what they were doing when they sent me the initial mail, the real uh, interest of this particular bank was to tap into the next generation of people because it forms a database for them to who they can know. Uh. And I thought, oh God, this is, you know, they're just looking yeah. at it from their own myopic point of view. Correct. That's not the way to do it. You know, you need to have a more philanthropic mm. attitude and say that even if you're adopting villages and say that this village, I'm going to improve everything when it comes to the field of education. You adopt mm. villages, adopt the education of the children in that village. I think that, that has to be almost in mission mode. I think that's a major priority area for me. I personally looking forward, if you ask me, where do I see myself say five years, eight years from now, that's the kind of work I would like to do to go and teach in the semi-rural, rural areas to be able to connect to them, even if I'm sitting in Hyderabad, to be able to connect with them, invest in low-cost technology, which I am hoping will mm. be available by then, wherein, you know, a student in Mancherial is able to connect to me or to any other quality teacher living in the country. That, I think, is very wow. important. You know, you don't have to be restricted with the school which is uh, two kilometers from my house. Mm -hmm. That's where I see, uh, that's, that's really my wish for the future. Brilliant.
in all of this uh, when we are trying to implement changes or reinvent or evolve our way of thinking and our outlook on education who needs counseling more children or their parents children are obviously influenced by their parents by what their parents say at home but these days children are also influenced largely by what they consume on different platforms of social media so yeah. i think the world needs counseling in that sense you know? <laughs> <laughs> because all of us end up influencing the the brain of the mind of the uh, oh, we don't have enough counselors <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we need to uh, look at that so parents yes because parents unfortunately look at you know ki hamare zamane mein to ye hua tha kind of mm. thing so mm. that hamare zamane mein ye hua tha needs to change because this zamana is different and a post covid world is very different yeah post covid world is very different i think not just for the health sector for the education sector for the entertainment sector of which you are a part you know everything has changed so much so how do you press the reset button and i think as far as education is concerned i think it's a brilliant opportunity time to press the reset button to change a lot of things and use technology in a positive way you know i personally see hybrid schools hybrid classrooms are going to be the future hmm. there will be the need for brick and mortar classrooms for lab hmm. experiments for interaction as the as i said the chairman of the it company told me all that will be there but there will be many subjects which very very you can actually teach online and mm. i think there will be a need to kind of collaborate with different schools uh, on you know what different things can you can do um, mm. get in people from outside if a school feels that you know there is someone out there who is very good and who can contribute like this you know like we have at the at the level of universities and colleges get in guest faculty even if it's not to teach a subject just to kind of talk and you know just to put in those seeds of motivation in those young minds i think that's very important students mm. need to have real life models you, you can't just look at people uh, you know on the big screen and say that you know he's my role model and all that mm. you know mm. that way i in fact i give a, i give a lot of examples from cricket because even if the ipl is a very glossy kind of a platform yeah, yeah. glossy kind of a show there are a lots of stories of grit there you know yeah. players who come from small towns and making it big and so big you know just mm. by sheer hard work and talent yeah that platform is required you know uh, i refer to ipl as the indian padhai league on study visa <laughs> that you need to be part of that if you have talent and you work hard nothing can stop you so that's very uh, important three things apart from the regular syllabus that three of the most important things that you can think of that students need to learn to prepare for the future curiosity mm-hmm. uh, ask questions ask lots of questions don't kind of the same thing you know if it happened in the zamana of your parents and grandparents it does not mean it will happen the mm. same thing will happen in your zamana also mm. this zamana post 2020 is going to be very different so ask questions learn to question that's very important number 2 very important to be positive in life um, to be able to i mean uh, help the other person because i i believe that when you help someone else in any way it actually mm. comes back to you it actually enriches you much more Uh, mm. that i think is uh, very important the uh, the larger uh, message of all this uh, apart from these two of being positive and being able to ask questions is that you know you uh, you are all living together as a team you know there is no individuality in many senses like uh, yeah. when i say like i uh, you know when i speak on study with sudhir uh, even if it's not like i run a big school Uh, mm. but you know the little uh, support structure that i have i always focus on we even when i'm talking about you know yeah. always tell the students you know you and i will learn together yeah. i'm also going to be learning a whole lot of things from you yeah. so it's we so that whole thing of teamwork is very important unfortunately there's too much of individual attention you know i the i becomes I. important mm. and i think the we is far more important in larger sense and it mm. is i'm talking about professional life personal life you know when yeah. this kids get married you know to be able to deal with interpersonal issues that yeah. we becomes uh, very important so that you know later on these people will be able to deal with their juniors their subordinates their uh, the youngsters when they grow up in the same kind of a 
collaborative kind mm. of film wonderful wonderful no this is this has been an incredible conversation uh, sudeep ji i'm i'm so glad we sat down and you know had this talk because somewhere uh, coming from the world of communication and being connected with the media you know we've had a lot of common threads but with education i think we've come in a lot more uh, yeah. closer a lot of overlap there with uh, our our ideologies also you know this is this is great perspective thank you thank you so much thank you very much for this opportunity i enjoyed it thoroughly and uh, it's good to kind of you know be able to articulate one what what one feels because one just keeps traveling one doesn't yeah. kind of pause all the time and uh, think about what you're doing so this gave me an opportunity to do that so thank you very much for that anuj thank you for listening to ed talk with anuj i hope you enjoyed it new episodes drop every friday so don't forget to subscribe and follow ed talk with anuj on social media to stay updated i'll see you next week